Hello guys, welcome. This is the Football Truth Podcast, episode 11. Happy to be here with uh, my good friend Dan Dixon. Welcome, man. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having me. It's super fun to be here. This is like doing this podcast on the beach. It uh, doesn't get much better than this, honestly. Yeah, way better than any uh, any other, uh, let's say, indoor podcast studios. Actually getting grounded at the same time as uh, working yeah. and embracing life as it, uh, as it should be. But to start, just as like a quick question, do you train outside or in the gym? That's a great question. I try to train outside as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely outside at least walking and definitely going to kind of, if I'm, if I, you know, want to get a workout in, I might go in the gym briefly, but it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like a snack I, almost, especially relative to when I was younger and kind of the more I learn and the, the more, more my awareness grows, I just look back and I'm like, all the best athletes in the world come from places of high energy density and that's no yeah. that's no coincidence you know mm-hmm. and uh, and so yeah the more, the more my awareness has grown over time the more time I try to spend outside and you know just be around life as much as possible it's just so stimulating yeah absorbing uh, real energy as opposed to uh, let's say artificial energy exactly exactly uh, so, so tell me about your background in sports and, and athletics, guys, just a, as a background, Dan played American football, not uh, soccer. Yeah, I wish I was cool enough to play soccer. It's like <laughs> a real world sport. Um, but I grew up in Oklahoma, so very kind of American football-centric culture. My Both my dad and stepfather played, so of course I looked up to them and wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, played football, high school football in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I was on some really good small school teams won a state championship my junior year just still the funnest moment i've ever had in uh in sports and then got recruited to ivy league schools and kind of service academy so i was like i know you know pretty good high school football player good student um ended up going to cornell university my freshman year got injured there which is kind of where my story sort of starts mm-hmm. and then um ended up transferring to the university of oklahoma uh played there in kind of the bob stoops era uh, i was lucky enough to um uh, go to the national championship in 2004 when we got our asses kicked by USC. Uh, super fun experience though. And then um, played with some really, some of the all time greats. Adrian Peterson was one of my teammates, Jason White, who won the wow. Heisman Trophy. Just a ton of fun, really tremendous guys. And then um, I was kind of the first graduate transfer in this program where you could be immediately eligible. In the past, before, before I did this, you'd have to sit out a year if you were going to graduate school. And uh, my mom and I was funny. We were really persistent, just kind of lobbying the NCAA. I said, "Why would I have to sit out of here? I got my have my degree. I'm academically motivated. Mm-hmm. I want to go somewhere else." And and uh, so ended up going to Northwestern University for my last year. So it's kind of this crazy odyssey. Um, okay. It ended really well and had a lot of fun. Played two years at Northwestern um, for a guy named Pat Fitzgerald. There, he's still there. Great, great football coach, great guy, and just had a blast. And and yeah, it's it's kind of led me to this this business that started today and it's it's you know been quite the journey but it's also been a lot of, a lot of fun interesting so it sounds like you've seen a lot of athletes across yeah. all the different teams and then you and then you just mentioned some some top level athletes that you saw kind of on their rise through through the college ranks right so what's kind of the the let's say like insider scoop or insider uh, feeling that you get from these guys because i've seen personally 
that the guys, like, especially in American football, the ones that have the best numbers in the gym sometimes or usually aren't the best ones on the field. I would say almost always, and I'm constantly telling <laughs> people that. I'll say, you know, the strongest guy in the gym, it's almost inversely correlated to their performance on the field. You know, they, they can't relax. They strain, they strain when they move. Super stiff. And I'll tell you something else I've done. I'll go back and say, I'll look at some recruit that I know that I've seen before that was just dynamite in high school. You know, yeah, yeah. saw high school film of them. They're the most incredible athlete. And I'm like, what happened to this kid? How did he How did he end up missing in college? And I'll go back, I'll reload, watch their high school tape, just a couple of clips. And I'm like, damn, this guy can get it. And then you look at them in college and they're just not the same player. Yeah, and you yeah. know, what usually happens is, is everyone has this ideology that they enforce on these kids of like, oh, you need to be this weight. Oh, you need to, you know, squat this, bench that. And they put these arbitrary numbers on them. And, and typically it, it decreases their performance, I would say, almost all the time. <laughs> I, it's something I constantly noticed. And yeah. me, not, you know, me trying to compete at their level, I had to figure out, okay, how can I work smarter and more intelligently? I still was down to work hard, but I just I had to do stuff that directly translated to the field of play. If I wasn't doing that, I was never going to play. Yeah, because there's no margin for error. There's none. Yeah, because yeah. it... If if you miss out, you're benched. Yeah, exactly. You just never seen the field, and, and you know why put in all that work if you're not going to get results. Yeah, that's that's my story as well. It's like working so hard, and then seeing that hard work not pay off. Yeah. Albeit still playing at a high level, but wanting more. Yeah. And then trying to figure out, okay, how do how do I make this hard work actually count in the right manner that gets me the results that gets me closer to what these elite guys already are doing unconsciously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, something you mentioned uh, in soccer, the same for me. I've seen guys who, were, when they were 18 years old, playing high-level academy, like in high school, amazing players. And then I see them four years later, and they look a worse, a worse player. Yeah. A worse athlete. Yeah. S- specifically, like the muscles don't know how to relax. They're not fluid. They're very stiff. They have all these like injuries just because of college weightlifting programs and. Uh, college soccer specifically they have a uh, a test called the cooper test mm-hmm. where you have to run two miles under 12 minutes and most colleges if you don't pass this test you don't play yeah or you get cut when in reality it's not that relevant to actual soccer because the match is not 12 minutes and you're not running in a straight line at low velocity yeah, yeah. at the same intensity yeah. so yeah it's crazy it's crazy and i i would just be like are you not and to these coaches I'd be like do you not see this I mean, <laughs> I did, like I, I just could I could I couldn't understand it you know and, and cool. it's uh, something about the culture that it's cool I mean one of the things that drew me to you and why I wanted to connect with you is just you're obviously very prescient to some of these these th- a lot of these things and it's just really cool to kind of see that I think the culture is shifting now more rapidly than maybe ever and it's because people like you are the sort of driving these things and, thank you man and it's just bringing awareness you know talking about them and, and stimulating people to challenging the way they think and and encouraging them to dig a little bit deeper and and you know kind of we all kind of have to un- unprogram this subconscious program that's been going on for a long time yet yeah, I, I am not my genetics I'm so much more than that I'm yeah, the environment yeah. I'm what I put in my body I you know I my, the way I feel can change minute to minute day to day based on who I'm around, what I ate, how I slept, and and so this genetic theory of everything, and you know, it's just it's nothing in my eyes. Oh, it's a it's, it's a, joke. a joke. And shout out to the pharma companies trying to ruin people's lives and you know, sell us <laughs> sell us on this idea that uh, pharmaceuticals will fix problems. Oh yeah, even yesterday in my in my comments on a post, there was some some doctor, some guy trying to talk about doing testing 
of our DNA and genetics for athletes to figure out the right kind of plans for nutrition and, and, and training. I'm like, no. Yeah. I'm like, just put, that, put all that stuff in the trash. You, like, you don't need to spend thousands of dollars trying to test your genetics to see if you should eat more carbs or not. Yeah, exactly. it's The answer to that is is like hidden around you based on where you live and the like time of year. It's, it's not about genetics. Yeah, totally. So many of these things these days, there's so much noise, there's so much information, there's so much complexity, everybody's selling you something, you know? Yeah, and yeah. So many of these things are addition by subtraction. You know, kind of have to remove the, remove the noise and figure out what the real signals are that drive performance, drive increased quality of life and do them and do them consistently and do them again over and over and over. You know? That's the way I see it. No, exactly, yeah. But, so uh, let's go back a step to kind of share with the um, share with the guys a, a little bit about your in, about your journey as far as injuries and then like what you learned and how it got you to what you're doing now as far as like bioenergetics and voltage and talking about the body electric. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so you know, I was always kind of one of those people that tried to train smarter, tried to train harder and my freshman year um, at Cornell, we had a really difficult training camp and I was just absolutely fried and exhausted pretty much every day. It was all I could do mm. to get through it. I mean, I was literally just like, what the hell did I get myself into? And I just remember it didn't even, it was crazy. It wasn't even during practice or anything, but I was sitting down and I stood up and I just kind of felt this pop and I was immediately just kind of like hunched over in pain. And I was just like, what was that? You know? And I just, I was just in shock basically. And I started limping, couldn't move very well. And I, I think I basically, you know, tore some kind of muscle in my abdomen or something. It's wow. some type of tear. Um, got diagnosed with all these different things. It's just a total mess. Okay, you have a sports hernia, you have a hernia, you have a stress fracture, you have this inflammatory condition called <laughs> osteitis pubis. All, in my opinion, all kind of a bunch of, uh, how should we say just like guesswork almost. just a bunch of guesswork to be honest mm. and i tried all these different therapies and nothing was moving the needle i just wasn't getting better at there was a drug called vioxx at the time that was very popular that they were giving to student athletes as well vioxx ended up getting called from the market because it <laughs> because it started killing elderly people oh, whoops. stroking them out and having heart attacks there's a i won't go up even on that but it's a yeah, terrible yeah. story and uh, i really just i fortunately had a really supportive loving family it was just like, we'll do whatever we, we have to do to help you figure this out and get better. Mm -hmm. And um, and so, yeah, I, I tell people, I have a lot of friends that are into collecting records and music and stuff like that. I'm like, the same way you guys dig for records, I just started digging, you know, like reading, challenging myself, uh, you know, talking to different people that I thought had interesting things to say, talking to massage therapists, acupuncturists, chiropractors, getting on forums. This is back in 2001, so it's kind of mm -hmm. a different landscape yeah, today yeah. where there's just not the... There's no Instagrams, no social media. So sharing ideas is a little bit more difficult. There were a couple forums. Elite FTS was kind of like a powerlifting one. Okay. That's some sports stuff. It was just all different kinds of stuff. Charlie Francis, yeah, yeah, sprint okay. coach. Nice. Um, and I just read this stuff and it just kind of follow what resonated with me and ended up finding some really uh, interesting thinkers that were much more holistic in their worldview um, that really helped me and helped me rehab and uh, just kind of changed everything for me and started changing the way I trained. Um, started training kind of in a much more high velocity, low load manner. Uh, got in, got in, got uh, introduced to different types of uh, stimulus modalities that I had mm -hmm. never seen before that weren't conventionally available in the athletic training rooms. And 
you know, really kind of saved my life and saved my sanity. Uh, to be honest, I got healthy, ended up uh, playing football at the University of Oklahoma. I didn't miss a practice or a game or I played in the, after the, after two years of not playing basically completely due to injuries, mm-hmm. I did, I played another, you know, I played two years in Europe as well. I, I played another like almost eight years and didn't miss a single, basically didn't miss a single practice or a game, you Fantastic. know? And so it was this kind of incredible um, transformation and just became really passionate about trying to share these messages and, and uh, you know, really led me to uh, helping start this company that we have today, which is it's called New X Technologies and uh, basically this unique type of bioelectric current. Um, we call it interactive neuromuscular stimulation. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, kind of out preaching the word, sharing it with people, connecting with people like yourself and, and educating them, talking to them about what it does. And and you know seeing if it kind of resonates from there kind of pause for a second because i'm chatting a lot but happy to talk more about the tech is and what it does yeah help the guys understand the the difference between ac and dc because because as a first step to that a lot of soccer and and footballers across the world are very familiar with the stem machines that you see like in a lot of like physio rooms where they put the pads on and, and it 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 just vibrates the muscle and then it makes the pain go away because obviously it's obviously like it's just numbing numbing all the pain receptors. Yeah. How, how does that work? Totally, yeah. So there's electrical stimulation is a broad product product yeah. category, so I'll sort of be speaking generally. Um, but generally speaking, uh, alternating current doesn't have some of these components that we have with our technology. So generally speaking, alternating current you know, so you walk in and say, oh, my, uh, my knee hurts. They might just put it around your, right where you're feeling the pain. Yeah. And it's also typically going to stimulate your nervous system to go into protection. So you'll get some type of what I would call co-contraction, which is kind of this inhibitory protective response. And if you think about that physiologically, going into protection is, is really what injury is. Yeah, so yeah. any stimulus that goes into your body, in my opinion, you're creating some type of learning, some type of feedback that this is what we want. So if you're stimulating protection, I think you have a problem. And so how this is unique and different is this type of, um, it's a, and we have a unique combination of waveforms. One is actually alternating current. One is pulse direct current. But this pulse direct current and this alternating current waveform, when they're summed together, it doesn't cause this protective inhibitory response. Mm-hmm. So I can put it on my quad, for example, and I can, I can do you know hip flexion. I can do leg extension. I can do air squats. I can you know, cycle my leg at velocity, I can move. And so with that movement, we're teaching the muscle to turn on, activate again, and retraining it to absorb force, right? It's being able to absorb and create force, not move loads at slow velocity mm. are, are sort of the hallmarks of athletic movement, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so that's what this really enables you to do. One of the other unique components of this interactive stimulation technology that we have is there's a diagnostic component. So if somebody is injured, or in chronic pain or has something that's kind of chronically limited range of motion or they can't get into flexion the way they would like to in some position or whatever. Say, you know, you've got an athlete who can't pick up their uh, legs when they're running. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can find out where that weakness is. It's really just kind of finding out where there's inhibition and, and muscle weakness and we can turn it on. We can search the body and find out where that's coming from. And the patient will unhealthy and, and you know, tissue that's not tissue that's not that inhibited you'll feel a light tingling and on that tissue that's not activating strongly and not turning on rapidly mm-hmm. and at velocity you'll go oh damn like wow that, that's really intense there and so we're not just 
electrically stimulating the muscle, we're electrically stimulating the mus muscle maximally. So it's being forced to turn on. That's the mm -hmm. big deal. Mm -hmm. Just the way, you know, a great athlete can do. They can turn on and off maximally, yeah. right? It's not just the ability to, to turn on. It's the ability to create peak, uh, uh, however you want it, like a maximal peak uh, velocity or maximal tension and then immediately be able to release that. Like you see highs and lows. Yeah. Highs and lows. You see these beautiful soccer players. It's incredible how fast they can swing their legs. But in the last second, they have to put some touch on the ball or something because yeah, yeah. they feel the position differently. That's turning on and turning off. So our stimulus can, can help an athlete do that a little bit better. Mm, so it can directly help muscles that have some kind of like motor uh, motor amnesia yeah. help it learn to relax that have been kind of stuck in this constant contraction? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. what I say. Contraction, protection, inhibition. Uh, yeah, yeah. It can be used, you know, for just gentle warm-ups. I mean, we try not to overcomplicate things. You know, we've got some really good athletes that have been working with the tech high school kids that, you know, have college scholarships. And and I and I, they just use it to warm up, and it just mm. basically recovers them. Because, you know, fatigue happens from the tissues going into contraction and, and, and fatigue, right? Like, as we fatigue, we have an inability to relax, yeah. right? And so this just helps that muscle kind of restore this resting neurological tone so they can be themselves. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's one of the ways in which people are using it. And obviously get your body into a much more para, para, uh, parasympathetic state. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's kind of the name of the game, you know, yeah. um, helping people go into restoration after a game. There's just so much, you know, ki kids and athletes and everybody deal with so much these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's so difficult to get them into this restorative state more difficult now than ever you know and so this is just a simple tool that can be useful for that yeah it's it's such a big thing that i see uh kind of all across top athletes but especially um footballers and soccer players is this ability to stay relaxed even under extreme pressure in a match that's incredible not just not not just in general but actually how much of a of a of a parasympathetic state they can stay in even when they're running oh yeah totally and so the the more they can increase that that margin then the more energy they have for the for the for the for the sympathetic state absolutely which then allows them to actually express themselves much more powerully absolutely it's turning on and turning off exactly right? yeah that's what it is yeah it's that soccer is so beautiful in that way because it has these bursts of intensity and relaxation yeah. all at the same time. Slow, yeah. fast, it's slow, fast. amazing to watch. I love it. Mm -hmm. So can you please educate some of the guys about how does the mitochondria actually work in terms of voltage? Because most people don't actually realize that our body is so uh, receptive to this you know, energy. But, uh, but in reality, it, it's just voltage. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. This is gonna be a difficult one, probably, for me to <laughs> articulate well. I, you know, I read the literature and I kind of yeah, like, yeah. I intuitively kind of get it, but it's, it might be tough for me to like rearticulate back to you. I will just say that the body's an electrical system. That's you right. Know, that's yeah. been proven over and over and over again. It's being increasingly documented, and there's really kind of an explosion of electricity being used for all different kinds of things these days, which is yeah. really exciting, encouraging to see. One of the seminal works that I read way back when that's, you know, my Instagram handle was this book, The Body Electric by a guy named Robert Becker that goes into a lot of these yeah, concepts. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Raymond Pete has talked a lot about the electrical nature of the, of the body and the nervous system. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff going on these days that is kind of developing. It's not even developing per se, it's just re-articulating that field because that field was marginalized oh, yeah, for, sure. for so long, uh, basically because of the capitalism and, you know, pharmaceutical culture and, 
and all these other narratives that were, were driving things and really manufacturing reality to suit you know their their yeah. profits um but yeah it's really just uh it's it's an amazing I mean, the, yeah the body's an electrical system and 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 we're just treating it as such i would say you know mm -hmm. like working with nature understanding what our nature is and, and figuring out how to magnify that you know I, just a quick story i'll share with you that i just thought was so cool yeah talking to one of our customers the other day who's is a really neat guy uh, very spiritual very religious man and he was like you know what dude he was like this is so cool to me because i feel like this is restoring me to like what god intended us to be you know mm -hmm. restoring us the way that we were designed to move you know which i thought was this really beautiful and profound thing uh, you know getting back to you know you see animals and and stuff and how beautifully they move and elite level athletes mm. that's that's what we're trying to do by you know understanding our electrical nature yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a huge field that that one could go down for for years but i think you mentioned a good point that like you don't need to like to know all the all the literature like word for word yeah as long as you understand and you see how and you see how it relates to nature and you see and you see how like the science yeah. helps you back up what what already exists in nature yeah. that's good enough like you don't have to know every single mechanism exactly. as long as you can kind of match up the western you know science with the just the understanding of it and what by you, doing it exactly and what you perceive and feel in reality you know this uh, I, I mentioned dr raymond pete earlier this yeah. guy that's hugely profoundly influenced my life in the way i think um, and he has said, there is no protocol. You know, the only valid protocol is think, perceive and act. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, you know, more for me, there's kind of this first signal system where it's like, when I hear something, I'm like, does that align with my intuition and my real world experience? Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't, I'm pretty much quickly moving on because that's, you know, my instincts are valid, you know, and that, it's like, yeah, yeah. and I, so that's, I think a, a good way for people to to learn and to think about things and that's what's so cool about what you're doing is very aligned with reality you know <laughs> i feel good when i'm in the sun i feel not good when i overtrain and lift a bunch of heavy weights and i can't move athletically mm -hmm. um so that's you know that's what draws me to this thing kind of thing piece of resume yeah that's one of that's one of my main principles is understanding you know um n n equals one which is a uh, a term that, that that this means like you are your own experiment exactly, exactly. and uh the more you learn from that, the, the further you'll get. Because most people, well, all people, they do if, if they want to. They do have a very strong strong intuition if they, oh, yeah. if they foster that ability. If they listen. But most people yeah. don't. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's there if you want it. And uh, you kind of undo the things that is dampening the effects of your intuition. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big rabbit hole on, on that one for sure. It is. It is. But... You know, I think, um, I don't know, I just always, my life has always been served by listening to my intuition, I find. And whenever I've gone through difficulties, it's because I had this strong intuition about something and I was ignoring it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's the same thing because uh, starting Spawn Tangled and building this whole brand and talking to like pro athletes and sharing my stories. And then I, I got guys, I've talked to so many pro athletes that, are at the highest level and they share the same exact exper uh, experiences with me as far as the guys that are in the gym are usually the, the like defenders that, that are on the bench yeah. <laughs> and not playing. And then the guys who are starting and playing, they're the ones that like come in the gym for five minutes and like foam roll and then walk out. <laughs> I remember uh, 
football, American football related analogy here, guys. Yeah, yeah. So apologies, but some of you guys may know this athlete because he's so big time. That always heard that about Deshaun Jackson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, who's actually from around here? Uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson, probably one of the most dynamic, fluid, beautiful athletes in the NFL for in a, quite a long time. But I had a friend who was a coach on the Eagles. And he's like, dude, he come in the gym for like five minutes. Barrett might not lift anything. Say what's up to everybody and go out and just trash everybody <laughs> on the field. You know, and that's common. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is not the exception. This is kind of the rule. Yeah, yeah. Yet we're focusing all this energy in these endeavors. And for those that don't know, in the in the NFL, the uh, on the pro league for American football, there is the combine, right? Where they run you through certain tests, and then a lot of the teams and scouts use those test results. To judge what to judge whether or not they should sign you to, to a contract. Yeah. I've always seen it, and I think this is kind of the uh, unsaid understanding that a lot of pro teams don't rely on these results from the combine. I hope they don't. <laughs> or, or at least the players that end up performing the best years afterwards yeah. aren't, aren't weren't the ones with the best results. Aren't necessarily the people with the best comments. Absolutely. I mean, another yeah. you know we were talking earlier. I've looked at the 225 bench press test. Yeah, yeah. And I will, I just for fun over the years, I'll be like, okay, who did well at the 225 bench press test of the combine? Yeah, yeah. And then years later, I'll look back and say, how was their NFL career? Oh, it's terrible. It was awful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's literally, I think, if I were an NFL exec or in the scouting department or, you know, making those type of personnel decisions, I would say, okay, this guy did really well. It's probably let's downgrade him. He did really well in the 225 because that mm. just tells me he, yeah, he might be really strong, but he can't relax that velocity. He's, you know, you're tra- teaching the nervous mm. system to strain. And if you're straining when you're moving, you're going to be injured. There's going to be all kinds of problems. Yeah, like, like he's strong at that movement, at that which movement. is not the same thing as like throwing a, a ball or even running for that matter. Because you're, when you run, one shoulder is here, the one, one shoulder is back, and then, and then there's a, a rotation. Exactly. That so rotation's not happening. Bed pressing is, is like opposite. You're literally teaching protection. You're, te- you're teaching the body not to reflexively move the way that it was designed. Exactly. Right? So it's completely nonsensical. <laughs> um, I'll give you another quick analogy. Um, when I was playing college football, I would train kind of the way we're talking about, more explosive, more dynamic, more high velocity, low load type stuff. And I had a friend that was an offensive guard. He ended up having a very good athlete. He ended up having an incredibly long NFL career, one of the best Chris Chester, calling you out and shouting you out. Uh, played for the Baltimore Ravens, pro bowler. He probably, I mean, he had a huge bench press. I didn't have a big bench press, but I could turn on so much faster than he could that I could, I mean, I, I could pancake him, you know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't nearly as strong as he was, but I was so much more violent than he was, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the thing we're talking about. And uh, it's just, again, doing things that directly correlate to the field of play. Yeah, yeah. If they don't improve, if they don't improve your sport, don't do them. Yeah, why? Why? What's the point? And I think the, what you're saying goes into this definition of the word strength, because because I see that word strength, it's tossed around, it's it's tossed around everywhere, yeah. in every sense about injuries or 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 performance or or even just health in general. Yeah. People throw the word strength into to sound smart in a way, but they don't uh, they don't like relate it to like strength for your sport, strength for your position, strength for even that time of the match yeah. and, and what is needed. There's no context. And then also, uh, one of the things that I really like and that I've kind of brought it into my understanding is like how strength is really half coordination. Because it, it doesn't matter how strong you are if you fall over or you can't move your hand in the right 
direction. Yeah. You know, and that's coordination from the brain, which then obviously all those signals are sent through the fascial system, right. which is a, which is all voltage at right. the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the, I, I think it's fair to say that your technology can definitely help improve holistic strength. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, again, because it's the, the frequency of the of the current is a very high velocity stimulus. Yeah. yeah. So you get a her- very high velocity response from the nervous system, from the muscle tissues, from the fascia. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly you need to consider, you know, how you're coordinating the pads and whatnot if, if your exactly. goal is to improve performance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and just keeping uh, keeping the muscles supple and pliable and relaxed, just that in and of itself moves the needle. Mm-hmm. One question that I just thought of is how does so there's this, there's this, there's this idea of fascial adhesions right. where there's knots in the fascial web that prevent the optimal gliding of the other layers of fascia as as well as over the muscles can 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 uh, this device or this technology help break up fascial adhesions? Yes, yeah, I think so. I mean, um, we haven't done any, you know, clinical research yeah. or anything like that, but my instincts and, you know, experience about it suggests absolutely. I think that it's also interrelated, right? So if you have a, a stimulus that can pick up these neurological inhibition or fat, I think they're all, they're fascial inhibitions and neurological and muscular. I think we're kind of picking up on that same kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, when you apply this voltage and this current into that and load those tissues, the response that you get is very much a relaxed or um, less inhibited feeling. So I think that absolutely, that, that's what part, partly what you're getting. Yeah, it, it is for me. Like fascial adhesions is a huge rabbit hole because in my research, I, f- I found that the body will actually put tr- will will put stress and trauma into the into these adhesions as physical uh, physical representations yeah. of past, uh, past wars, past traumas, past things. Yeah. I mean, it's not past injuries as well. Over yeah. my, ex- you know, just seeing this technology being applied over a long period of time. I mean, I've seen, I've seen times where, you know, you find this type of, of, uh, trauma or, you know, area that's a trigger point for somebody and they'll mm. actually have like an emotional response. To yeah, it. that's right. Sometimes it can be laughing. And I think, cause there's some level of catharsis going on where they're just like kind of euphoric, like, Oh, I'm not feeling this trauma that I didn't even know I have. Yeah. Like a weight on the shoulders yeah, just goes yeah. off. It just goes off. And then I've also just seen people burst into tears, you know, cause mm. these all things are all connected. Everything's so interconnected. hundred percent. The body is totally interconnected. It, it, it uh, goes back to this idea of, uh, of a uh, fascial bio, biotensegrity which is something that I, that I talk about a lot. Love that word. Yeah. Integrity. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, unless, well, actually, hold on, guys. Why don't you tell everyone where, where they can learn more about your technology, follow you on Instagram. Yeah. And also, guys, after this, we're, we're, uh, we're, going, back, we're going back to the house and we're going to demo some of the tech. So make sure you, you guys stick around. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's just kind of like a personal account I have for our company and for this kind of thing called the body electric underscore. So just how it sounds, the body electric underscore. Um, our website is neuxtec.com, newxtech.com. You can shoot me a DM. Um, shout out Taylor. Uh, if that's how you heard about it, about this. And, um, and then our, our Instagram account is just at newxtech for our corporate account. So at N-E-U-X-T-E-C. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We're all about chatting, connecting with people, sharing, um, you know, what we're doing and more information about the tech and kind of unpacking it, 
you know, just trying to kind of meet people where they're at and yeah. build bridges of understanding. And we learn a ton from our customers, learn a ton from this conversation. Um, we don't have a monopoly on good ideas. We're always open to learning, connecting with people and figuring out how we can kind of provide better solutions for these, you know, for these issues that a lot of us are, are all going through all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and this was an, this was an awesome conversation, Dan. Uh, thank you so much for coming down. This is so much fun, Tyler. I, I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. This is probably the best podcast I'll ever do. <laughs> I don't know how many people will, will invite me to do it on uh, the beach, but yeah, anytime you want, I'm down. I'll, I'll make the drive down from San Francisco just to do this. Yeah, walk on the walk. That's that's the whole thing about the football entangled. Yeah, that's right. You got to live the light, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going back to the house. Thanks, See you guys. in a second. Appreciate you.